All right, I want to start with a question today and just ask you, who do you go to when life is confusing? Or to what do you go when life is confusing? And don't say Google, please. Don't say, don't say Google. <laughs> Doug could introduce you to a new AI chat program that, uh, that he and I have been playing with, but don't go there either. Don't go there either. You've got to have, have somebody, you know. For, so who do you go to to understand what God is doing in your life? Who do you, you know, who do you go to? Just think about that for, for a minute. For understanding the work of God and the word of God in your life. Um, the other day I was, I was about ready to head out on a trip and I just sent a text, or maybe it was a voicemail, just to tell a friend, a guy who guards my soul with me, and I said, I'm a little worried about the state of my soul. <laughs> so just so you know, your pastor does this. Um, I'm a little worried about the state of my soul. I've got these like two conflicting things and I'm not sure about my motivation and I'm not sure whether my heart is really dialed in like it should be. And just, would you, you know, can you give me a call sometime and we can talk? And we did. We had this, you know, had a conversation to try to just, you know, of course I was possibly, you know, maybe being overdramatic as I do some introspection, but I, but I just needed somebody to like, okay, so help me sort this out. Is this really what you think God is doing in my life? And I want so much for you to have a Christian community, a, a people around you, not as an anonymous person in a worship service, but as, as a people together, as a family. I just want that for you so much to, to be able to sort these things out. Some of you are very intentional and when you have an issue, you reach out to me or I put you in contact with somebody else or you reach out and, and some of you are, are doing really good to find that support for your allegiance to Jesus, right? You know, when, when we pledge allegiance to the flag or we do those different things or maybe we're in a, a sports arena, it's pretty easy to stand up and salute and, and do all that kind of stuff. But when you're all alone, like with, with your allegiance to Jesus, how do you... How are you doing with that? It doesn't it seem kind of natural that that would fall away and be a little more difficult if you're just all alone, right? And I, I want you to, to not be alone. Some of you are, are very intentional. Some of you are just waiting back, waiting for people to come find you. And we're looking. And we're training people and trying to send people. But, but, but we hope that you'll lean in and, and move forward. We're, we need you to risk that that initiation toward community as a family. Say, I, I think I'm going alone right now. I think I, I, don't, I shouldn't be doing this. I need a tribe. I need a people. And that's a, that's a spiritual discipline. That's a, something you need to train your soul to do, is to say, I shouldn't, go I shouldn't go it alone. Some of you signed up for the plan that's like, well, um, you know, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It's just Jesus and me, and we're good forever. That's fine. But no, he actually brings you into a family. And we have to be intentional about community because sometimes following Jesus becomes confusing. Amen? Yeah, it's hard sometimes because is this what he's asking me to do? I can't, he, could, he couldn't possibly be asking me to do that. And you need a group of people around you to say, no, that sounds... It sounds scary, but it does sound like what Jesus would ask someone to do. It sounds risky, you're right, but, but it's, it's good. Um, is it possible that God's calling me to risk in this area? And then 
if, if I'm all in like Mary, we talked about that last week, you know, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Just, just all in. Who's going to be all in with me? And it can be lonely, especially trying to do this on your own. And so we want to encourage you to, to seek that out. Who is it that could possibly understand what it takes to have the faith and trust and keep leaning on Jesus? This isn't something you can really do by yourself. In our passage today, which is following from last week, Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth because they have these kind of parallel stories, although they're staggered by about six months. Elizabeth, this older woman who's well past childbearing age, is, has received the gift of being pregnant with with who will be called John, and John is going to be the forerunner of Jesus, about six months ahead, it looks like, right? And so Mary actually goes to visit her cousin in the final months of her pregnancy. And I just want you to imagine with me the social pressure Mary must be feeling. What must Mary be feeling? She's a young virgin. She's betrothed, which is this... It's a little more intense than our engagement, engaged to be married. Um, but, so it's a little bit more intense than that, but not quite married yet. So betrothed to Joseph. And how do you tell your almost husband that you're having a baby? And you already know it's a boy. <laughs> how do you know it's a boy? <laughs> oh, he actually already has a name. Well, okay, so you're taking my job out of this whole thing. You know, the dad would name the baby. So, so you're having a baby, you know it's a boy, and he already has a name. This is getting intense, right? How do you explain that he is the son of the most high God? That's just, you don't slip that in over tea sometime? It's like, hey, pass the biscuits, and also I'm burying the son of the most high. And uh, yeah, cream would be wonderful, thank you. you know, how do you do that? And then how do you, in a, in a village of 500 people, that's what Nazareth probably was at that time, about 500 people, how do you slip around unnoticed when the town gossip <laughs> is watching your baby bump form? And how, how, does this, how does this work? How do you explain to her that God is bringing about his kingdom purposes, that yes, he indeed is coming to establish his rule and reign on earth again, just like we've always hoped, and it's through my body that that's happening, right? So she heads for the hills. She goes to, she goes to her sister, or cousin Elizabeth, because Elizabeth is going to understand the miracle, right? If anybody can. She's got her own miracle that's going to be part of God's plan to, to bring about this, this rule and reign. But is there going to be any jealousy, maybe? Like Elizabeth, she couldn't ever have a baby. She finally has a child, pregnant long after hope had gone. And then you've got Mary, who's starting out. Tom Wright imagines that uh, it could have possibly been a moment of tension. Mary being very proud and Elizabeth perhaps being resentful. But instead, it's just John, three months before his birth, leaping in the womb for joy at Mary's voice and the Holy Spirit carrying Elizabeth along into shouted praise and Mary into song. So let's read this first section together. Um, if you want to turn in your Bibles, maybe some of you got a Faith Life app that will turn for you. Um, but let me just read this for you. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. 
And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed or happy are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And how happy is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Again, I'm hoping that as you start to put feet to your faith and as you're all in with Mary as a servant of the Lord, that you have people that scream out, yes, that's awesome, way to go. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yes. I don't know that you'll have babies in the womb leaping for joy, but you could have people around you that are like, that is the kind of stuff we're talking about, right? We need a crew around us to be able to engage that. You believe the promises of God in your life. Happy is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You believed it. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I just want you to think that the, the struggle that we have to hold on to the promises of God as we're leaning on the everlasting arms, how difficult is it to hold on to those promises? On a scale of 1 to 10, just give me a figure. How difficult is it? 10 is being the most difficult for you right now. Pick a number. How difficult is it? 5. I've seen 5. It's difficult to lean. 5, 6. Difficult to lean on the promises of God. As it turns out, our whole hustle and bustle of Christmas is just an amplification of what's already going on in our lives. If you're feeling that, that noise, that, that, that noise that crowds out belief and trust, well, I want to help you. Because Mary holds on to this amidst the noise that must have been just like static in her brain. What are they going to think about me? What is my future husband going to say? What, what were my parents going to think? What is my neighborhood going to say here we have elizabeth shouting above the noise the song the 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 story says she she um yelled she exclaimed with a loud cry blessed are you among women this is so great above the noise a promise and and an exclamation comes in a blessing for those who will trust and those who will obey a blessing of happiness for those who believe that God is good and that his purposes are good. And here you might say, and I would be right with you, not just because I'm a Gen Xer, but because I'm a little bit of a skeptic too. Uh, I believe that God is good, but I'm struggling to know what he's good for. Any of you struggle with something like that? Like, I know he's good, but I don't know that he's going to do anything for me, exactly. He's so good, he's so amazing, he's so, I don't know, we think distant, even though that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, but he's so far out there that what, what little old me, what does he want to do? So what, what is he good for? What can I trust him for? If that's you, I understand part of that disappointment because it seems that God... Uh, isn't always at work for our good. It's what we think. We go through stuff. Some of the trials I see and I know in this room, we, we go through this stuff and it's hard to believe that God's like, 
He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's working it out for good. Because sometimes it just seems like a right muddle. It's just difficult. But our, our perspective has limits. And if we could agree to that, we maybe start a conversation. Some disappointments will likely follow you to the grave, but not through the grave if you're a follower of Jesus. To, but not through. And we got to be okay with that and say, my perspective is limited. God knows the picture. I'm going to trust and lean on the one who's got me covered, right? I just want to remind you of some of the promises of Jesus that you can trust. You can take these to your Jesus community and cheer each other on. Can we just talk through a few? These are some I will statements from Jesus. I will statements from Jesus. Jesus said, All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. Say that with me. I will never drive away. This is Jesus. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. How many of you have doubted that? Show of hands. Come on. Show of hands. Like, okay, I did it. I finally did it. It was too much. I was been too long. He's definitely not interested in me. It's over. I can't. And he's like, I will never drive you away. Praise God. Jesus also says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Some of you are like, oh, I'm just not that kind of person. Well, that's right. And he will make you fishers of men. <laughs> I'm not that person. I don't have the skill. Jesus will transform you. But I'm not naturally gifted. That's not the point. It's a gift. If we're talking about a spiritual gift, God wants to give you. He will do this work through you. He will transform you into a disciple that's usable. So don't sit back and say, oh, woe is me. I've got no skills. I've got nothing. Maybe the pastor will call someday and ask me for something. Maybe I'll consent. But uh, you know, there's no way I'm offering anything because only a fool offers their services to the family. False. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, we read, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, which is basically everybody in this room. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Where are you going to find rest? In Jesus. When you come to Jesus, the Jesus who will never drive you away, the one who will transform you to become a usable disciple. These are promises of Jesus. I will statements that he will follow through on. Okay? I haven't added, like, he will give you a Lexus, or he will, you know, give, I haven't done that. I'm not doing that. I'm doing the, like, rock-solid grounded promises of Jesus. John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Who is that advocate? What, what's another name? What do we call him? The Holy Spirit of God. When, Jesus, when Christ goes on the throne, he sends the Spirit the Spirit to be another advocate who's going to plead for us, who's going to comfort us, who's going to encourage us, who's going to be there in the midst of all that you're going through. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate. Another advocate just like myself is what the word means. Oh, we're going to miss you, Jesus. No, you won't, actually, because I will send another one just like myself. I will be here with you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. 
Jesus, you feel so absent right now. I will come back. And I'll take you to be with me forever. Shout that one above the noise, right? First John 2, 24 through 25. Therefore, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. So, eternal life is this intimacy of abiding with the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. And that's what he's going to do now by his presence in us. And then this will happen to be, have a trajectory forever. This is for you. This is a promise for you. You can abide in him. This is James the brother of Jesus, the, 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 the skeptic turned believer in his brother, says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He will draw near to you. I just don't, I don't, I haven't been experiencing him. I don't know where to find him. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How, how about those for rock-solid promises that you can, you can believe and trust and like Elizabeth, just shout above the noise? Some of you have to do this probably out loud and say, I know the promises of Jesus over my life. I know them. And I'm not going to allow this noise to crowd out my faith and my trust in Jesus. Because if you, if you have even this much faith, this much allegiance to Jesus, you're a target. But if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So that little, that little budding of a, of a flower of, of your faith is a target. Like that seed in the soil that, that the birds come and just get because... It's just sitting there right there on the surface. If you're in that spot, you need a people. Don't try this alone. To cheer that on and to water that and to shout those promises above the noise. Some of you think you can still do this on your own. And I'm, I'm genuinely worried for you. I'm worried for you. I'm worried for those that aren't here too that thought, oh, you know, it's just Jesus and me, and we're good. Yeah. Uh, target acquired. And now it's just for us to watch the, the destruction of that little, little seed of hope, of, of faith. We've got we to gotta, we gotta water that and encourage that. Now, what I want you to do is, is move to this next section, which is Mary breaking into song. Um, does anybody know what this song is called? Mary's song. Boom, another word for it. Magnificat from the Latin. That's very good. It is Mary's song. We'll just do both. It's Mary's Magnificat. How about that? Um, it's called Magnificat because of the magnify. The word, the word shows up first in Latin. and My soul magnifies the Lord. Mm. And what we're going to do is just engage the first 
uh, few lines of this as she ponders the work in her life. And then next week, we'll explore, okay, so if this is happening in her, then what does that mean for the rest of the world? What kind of revolution is going to take place now and until the kingdom is fully come? So Mary says, my, my soul magnifies, I can't sing it. I, I've, I tried to look it up. It's orchestrated and everything, but they don't do it in English, so I don't have a reproduction for you. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. But any of this, would just, we could just park and think about that. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices. Joy, unspeakable joy. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He's coming for me, right? For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. That's Mary's story. For behold, from now on all generations will call me happy or blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So we've explored how Mary went to a woman who could understand, like, this is what's going on in my heart, my soul, my actual body in my womb. Uh, She would understand her calling to give her heart, soul, body, everything to see the kingdom of God come in and through her. And here we have an example of how good and gracious God is to this little peasant girl. So amazing. He's chosen her to be an agent through which he will bring the promises, the divine promises that will be fulfilled in the person of Jesus. This is amazing. She's, she's blessed. She's happy. Not, not just because she has, is carrying the baby or because that she's blessed because of some holiness or some, something that she has done that makes her amazing. She's blessed because she obeys and trusts the promises of God, which is available for you too. Just to be blessed and happy because you, blessed is the woman who believed what God has promised. No, that's a blessing that just keeps going throughout your life and, and, and throughout the lives of those that you touch. Mary has become one in a long line of recipients of God's grace and his mercy in salvation history. And, and you line up as well. And I want to encourage you that you're in this line as well. I, I, we love the, the Mary and, and her faithfulness, and we, we also want to bring you into that same line. His mercy is for us as well, because it says from generation to generation, we become part of his saving promises. And guess what? None of us are worthy. Right? Any of you worthy of redemption, salvation, forgiveness, Double check, you're going to have to leave if you are, because that, this won't, that won't work. None of us are worthy of this. This just comes as this uh, complete blessing from, from the outside. But remember the promises. He will make us into the worthy people. We, we then, we, we're, we're called a name and then we live up to that name. We're called holy well, that was a big transition for me as an 18-year-old. Remembering that, uh, realizing that 
he sees me as holy, even while I was still a mess. And then if he's calling me holy, well, I want to live into that story. And that's what he does through his spirit, doesn't he? He'll make us into the worthy people who can find intimacy with him and engage his purposes because his mercy is for those who fear him up till now. So when we trust, believe, obey, and, and, and hearing, we've, we've learned this before, but hearing is obeying. When you're talking about, I, I heard the word of the Lord, you obey the word of the Lord. When we trust and obey, his mercies are new every morning. I haven't talked to Heather directly about this, my wife, but I'm thinking of our family motto could just be, Lord, have mercy. And we just have this cascading comedy of errors and stuff that goes on in our household and family, and it's just like, wow, this is just, this is just great. But we trust you, we'll obey you, and we'll put ourselves in a position to, to, to be, to be rained upon with mercy. Right? Mercy, mercy, mercy. Now Mary is special. We don't put enough emphasis on her, so we're trying to. Mary is special. She has this role in the work of God that is just outstanding. Uh, she's blessed because, because she obeyed. Right? His saving purposes are being accomplished through her, through her body. Talk about all in. And so all generations will call her blessed, and we're blessing Mary today for her boldness and her trust, her abandonment of her plans to just trust the word of God. And there was this one time when Jesus put you and I right up there with Mary as far as blessed ones, happy ones. There was this time where, where he was speaking and he said, no, these, these people here in Issaquah Christian Church, this, these are the ones I'm talking about. These, these are my mothers and my brothers and my sisters. It was in Matthew chapter 12, 46 through 50. Jesus puts you and I in a rarefied space. He's training his disciples in the way of the kingdom. And it says, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my brother? He replied to the man, and told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, last week we looked at what kind of love the father has given unto us that we could be called children of God. Wow, what is that about? And now, and now we, we see that we're, we're now called into, through our obedience, through sitting at the feet of Jesus and, and abiding in him and trusting in him, we, we gain this status. And so we're not downgrading Mary. We're upgrading you. Congratulations. If you, if you trust and obey, you believe in the promises and you believe that God wants to do this work through you, well, behold, brothers and sisters and mothers, this is awesome. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that through obedience to Jesus we become his family. That's what we are. 
It's a stark and beautiful thing, but obedience really matters. It really matters. If you love me, Jesus said, obey my commands. And it makes total sense. We, we sang a song about this. If Christ is reigning over the world, that is awesome. We want his kingdom to come, his will to be done, because he alone has the perspective, right? So we just obey. We just obey. What do you mean, just unquestioningly obey? We don't do that anymore. We're in Seattle, for goodness sakes. We, don't, we, don't, we question everything. No, he is Lord. And if he is Lord, then our lives have to reset. Which is why we're not apologetic around here about what, what the Bible says and Jesus has declared and we're, we're not supposed to do that. Well, you know, get with the times. Like the times are Christ is Lord. That's the season we're in. Christ is Lord. And so, so we have to then set our lives underneath the authority of the word and underneath Jesus. And, and we don't apologize about that. I mean, if you want to push back on some issue, I'll say, okay, well, Jesus, we, we, have, a, we have a disagreement. We don't know what to do about this, but we're going to let you make the call. I mean, am I supposed to go against him to please you? I don't think so. So we just have to, now, there may be some misunderstanding of the word, so we'll do a Bible study together, but I mean, let, let's, this, is, this really matters. So is this your call too? Are you just, I'm obedient. I'm obedient to the call. Obedient to Jesus. That is my call. That's what I want to do. Is that, is that you? Or are you kind of like, well, I don't know if I can trust him. I get that, but then I would refer you back to these promises. I would refer you back to, to Jesus' words of, of his pledge to you. And if you draw near to him, then he will draw near to you. It, is there anything right now that you're holding on to that you say, I want this a lot more than I want Jesus, so I'm not going to turn it in? Then, then you need some practice <laughs> in repenting and putting Jesus back in his proper place in your life. You got to bring that before him now. Remember, we, we had, Izzy had put out, you know, had your arms out, just like, what do I need to bring as an offering to Jesus? Well, if there's something right now, you can just do business with Jesus. There's something right now who's like, well, I would obey Jesus except for, I know he's going to ask this. Then you take that this and you hold it up and you, put it before the cross and say, yeah, I'd much rather have this than forgiveness and salvation. I'd much rather have this than intimacy with my creator. I'd just be honest. Just be honest if that's where you're at. We, we have to repent, obey, and worship. So, so the, just practice this with me. So we're heading in this direction. We think this is much more valuable. I would rather do this, this activity, this whatever, this possession. I would rather have this than Jesus. And so, in a sense, we're, we're putting that above Jesus, right? Does that make sense? We're just elevating it above Jesus. So we're worshiping, we're giving ultimate value to this over what we know about Jesus. And so what do we need to do? We need to repent of that. So we just, repentance is a change of mind, change of, of direction. And so we repent, we obey, and then we bow down 
to worship Jesus again. We repent, obey, and worship. I've created the acronym. It's really simple. ROW, R-O-W, which should remind us that we don't just like row the boat once and then like, okay, now we're, now we're going gently down the stream or something. No, actually, we're going upstream and it's going to take a row, row, row. So some of you are like, I, I think I did that once. Oh, just, just the once? Because that's what my life is. It's like, oh no, okay, Jesus, yes, take that. I'm going to obey, worship, repent, obey, worship. And it's a constant thing. Now, some of you may get good at it. You can go minutes probably without having to repent, obey, and worship. But, but some of us, it just needs to be a constant move because everything is, the noise is trying to keep you from trusting and obeying in Jesus. There's, there's just two sides as I close. There's two sides of confessing. There's a negative confession and a positive confession. Over here is the negative confession. I confess that I have been worshiping this. I have been putting this in its ultimate place. I would follow Jesus, but I'm worried what he's going to say about my career. I'm, I would follow Jesus, but I don't want him to pick a spouse for me. I would worship Jesus, but I don't. I would, but I confess that as sin. That's the negative confession. And then the positive confession, Christ the Lord. He rules, he reigns, right? That's, that's what we confess. So just take a minute, especially as we head into communion, and just ask the Spirit of God to reveal any unbelief, any disobedience, so that you can join with the joy of Christmas. Christ is coming. That should be a good thing. <laughs> Not like, oh no, he's going to take my stuff. That should all be offered to him anyway. So reveal any unbelief and disobedience. Join with the joy of Christmas, living out the promises of God to you and to us, through you and through us, to the world. And don't, again, try this alone. Let's go ahead and just take a moment and spend, um, spend a, uh, a good time of just confessing and confessing negatively our sins, positively Christ's lordship. <laughs>